Welcome to the finale of our series that we're calling Selfless. This is week number five. Uh, as we're really just trying to get the year started, 2019, get it started in a real healthy way, in a way that uh, uh, really doing some different things, as we've learned about uh, in the course of this series, uh, so that this year is going to be different than last year. And uh, we, we've talked about uh, you know, growing bold, we've talked about serving strong, giving glory to God. Last week we talked about life, uh, and, and today specifically I want to talk about bless big, blessing big. Uh, before I jump into the message, let me ask you a question, just kind of frame it. Uh, let's pretend for a minute you're getting on a plane, and you don't have the ticket assigned where you're supposed to sit. You can choose any seat you want. Let me just take a survey, raise your hand, let me know, even if you're watching at home, online campus, you know, just shout out which one you would be, or of course our Poughkeepsie uh, campus at Regal Cinemas, welcome you guys, just, just raise your hand or give a shout out, how many of you would choose a window seat? That's me, window seat for sure. How many of you would choose an aisle seat, you know, in case you got to get out, go to the restroom, okay. How many of you would choose a middle seat? What is wrong with you people in the middle seat? Why would anyone actually do that? Uh, no, just kidding. But, you know, they've actually done surveys. I am a window seat sitter. There's no doubt about it. Uh, every time that, that I fly, always make sure whoever's making the reservations for me, I want a window seat. Kind of got broad shoulders. I sit in the aisle. Boom, that cart. Boom, just keeps hitting me all the time. Uh, They've done some surveys, and actually, uh, those who prefer the window seat, generally speaking, are more selfish and less generous than others. Isn't that crazy? Those, those who are on the aisle tend to be less selfish, more selfless, and more generous than others. Just, just absolutely crazy. Some of the, the research that's been done that kind of uh, based on personal preferences determine things. Here's another one. Uh, guy's just going to mess with you right now. Studies have shown the more that a man works out at the gym, the more self-centered and selfish he is. Uh-oh. How about that? So I'm just saying this. Ladies, those of you who are single, you want to look for a guy who sits on the aisle that never works out. That's your man of your dreams right there, okay? And, uh, uh, but, but think about it. The more that a guy works out, the more he's into himself, the less he's going to be into you. Crazy, crazy surveys and studies that have been shown. Uh, as we talk about blessed big, I want to talk about generosity specifically. The Bible has a lot to say about it, uh, and, and it's really cool just coming out of our Christmas uh, survey that we did. This is something that you're interested in as well. Uh, look at your top six responses to our Christmas survey. Number one, spiritual warfare. We're working on a whole series coming in March about spiritual warfare. We're calling it SWAT, spiritual warfare and tactics. That's in March. Number two, mental health issues. Number three, Christians in political climate. We're going to talk about that next week as we kick off uh, our new series called Playlist. We're going to be looking at songs that have to do with love. I'm going to be pulling out a U2 song, just phenomenal. Uh, Christians in political climate. Also, handling finances well. There it is, number four, highest uh, response. How do I handle finances well? Well, it begins with generosity. That's what we're going to be looking at in answer to your questions. Number five, overcoming addictions and breaking back habits. And then we just threw number six in there, racial and gender equality. Again, next week we're going to touch on that. Uh, 
in, in the first message in our series uh, about playlist, uh, and I just invite you back for that. I think you're going to want to uh, check that out as we go back to that theme playlist and look at some songs and the truth, the biblical truth behind some of the songs that you and I love uh, and, and love to listen to as well. Jesus put it this way, if you have your Valley app, go ahead and open it up and you're going to see the notes right there uh, that we're going to be going over and you can fill out the blanks. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, this is the framework for this whole series that we've been in, take up their cross and follow me. If you and I are going to be different in 2019, we have to be less selfish and more self less. And that's what this series has really been all about, just applying this passage, this verse, these words of Jesus Christ, our Savior, to our lives. And and so in talking about uh, generosity, uh, about blessing others in a big way, let's start off. Look at Proverbs chapter 21, verse 26. Pretty interesting passage here. It says, all day long, speaking of those that are selfish, All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. Selfless people give and do not hold back. And so right there, let me ask you a question. Do you find yourself craving more and more, just like more stuff, more stuff, more whatever it is, craving, I need more, 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 or do you find yourself giving and not holding back? Real important question for us just to kind of evaluate where we are. Where we are in terms of being selfish or being selfless. When's the last time you just didn't hold back? You're like, I'm not holding back. I'm going all in. I'm just just gonna give in a big way and bless in a big way. When was the last time you were generous? Just, just to be really crazy generous. You know, think about this for just a minute. I've never, ever in all my years heard of anyone who had to declare bankruptcy because they were so generous. People declare bankruptcy because, not because they gave so much, it's because they didn't know how to handle what they had. I've never heard anyone, you know what? It was because we gave to so many organizations because we were so generous. We helped so many people, we couldn't pay our bills and we were foreclosed on. It's not the way it happens. You know that, I know that. That, that, That's not what happens at all. So if we're gonna be different in 2019, we need to grow bold, we need to serve strong, we need to give glory to God, Uh, we need to, value life, and we need to bless big and be generous. When it comes to generosity, there are really uh, there are three mindsets about generosity. Three mindsets of generosity that I, that I want to just lay out for you, and, and, and here's the thing. Again, this is to help you, and I know sometimes it get, gets a little awkward when we start talking about money. I hope you don't feel awkward, because Jesus talked about money and possessions more than any other topic. Did you know that? More than any other topic. In fact, Jesus talked more about money and finances than he did about prayer, faith, heaven, and hell combined. Because money is a test. Money's not bad. Money's not good. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is amoral. 
It's not bad. It's not immoral. It's not moral. It's amoral. It's what we do with it. It shows what's going on, really, in our hearts. And so three mindsets about generosity. Here's the first one I want to call the, the bag. Our, our mindset is the bag. There is never enough. You know, here's my bag of money. Here's my bag of stuff. And, and, and it's almost like a, a poverty mindset. And, and poverty is a mindset. The bag. In, in the book of Haggai, uh, in the Bible, it puts it this way. This is like the bag mindset. This verse explains it. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes in it. It seems like it's just never enough. This bag mindset, I gotta keep it, I gotta hoard it, I I gotta hang on with my fists clenched to it. This is the way that most Americans live. Can't get ahead always struggling. It's what we call a bag mindset. We wish we could be more generous, but our mind says, I can't afford to be more generous. I, I, I'm really blessed uh, to have uh, friends and acquaintances. I know some folks that are just crazy, incredibly wealthy. And you know what I've discovered about every single one of them? They're incredibly generous. But here's the thing. They didn't become generous when they became wealthy. They became generous when they had nothing. And now they're wealthy. It's a huge difference. People all the time, oh, if I just had X amount, of, if I just had X amount of money each year, I'd be more generous. No, that's a bag mindset. All I don't have enough to be generous. That's a bag mindset. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to uh, tithe, but, but I have my student loans. I just don't have a big enough bag. If my bag was only bigger, I would be a different person. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Words that we speak really reveal a a bag mindset. Never have enough. Just don't have enough. We say things like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, uh, if, if if I give more, if I'm generous, if I give big, bless big, you know, I'm gonna go without and, and, you know, there was someone in, in the Bible uh, close to Jesus that had a bag, uh, a bag of money, and his name was Judas. And, and Judas actually is pretty interesting. He was the one who kept the money. Uh, and, and, and the Bible says that in, in Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John is recorded a story of a woman who came with some precious perfume, and, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and she anointed him. And Judas got really, really upset and he got really religious. And he said, you know what? This woman is wasting this. Why didn't she just trade it and give the money to the poor, to someone else? Judas. And, and, and Jesus didn't rebuke the woman at all. He actually affirmed what the woman was doing. But Judas was judgmental because Judas had a bag mindset. He judged her generosity. I hope you've never done that before. Judge someone because they're being generous. Oh, if I had that much, I would too, but I don't. Bag mindset. There's never enough. The woman who anointed Jesus with this valuable perfume, it actually cost uh, a year's wages. It was the most valuable possession that she had. Judas had a 
had a bag mindset said, you know, she should have just sold that and given it to the poor instead of being generous. And then Judas is the one who put, betrayed Jesus for what? 30 pieces of silver, bag, just to get more. I don't have enough, so I'll turn in the Savior to the authorities for 30 coins so I get more to put in my bag. Bag mindset, there's never enough. Do you have a bag mindset? There's never enough. If I had more, I would be more generous. It's a common misconception that many of us hold on to. Here's the second mindset, the basket. There is enough. The bag says there's never enough. The, the basket mindset says there is enough. Deuteronomy chapter 28 a couple of interesting verses here that have to do with this, uh, the basket. It says, all these blessings will come on you and accompany you. Wow, how? If you obey the Lord your God, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. When we follow God's principles for to, how to steward, how to handle our money and finances, the Bible says, you know, we obey God's teachings and instructions. Our basket and our kneading trough will be blessed. That we'll have a basket. The whole idea of a basket is, a bag is like, keep it to me. Basket is sharing with others. Being generous. There's enough to be generous. If I could summarize, and again, like I said, Jesus talked more about money and possessions than any other topic. If I could summarize not just Jesus' words, but the whole teachings of Scripture as well, because everything he said just expanded upon uh, all the rest of Scripture, I think this is the statement that's the truest thing when we read the scripture about finances and, and about money and possessions. What you keep is all you have, and what you give, God multiplies. Whatever it is, what, what, what we keep, that's all that we ever have. But what we give, what we place into God's hands, he truly multiplies that. And so, Nowhere, uh, well, look at this, what Jesus said. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus says, give, and it'll be given to you. See, what you give, God's going to multiply it. God's going to bless it, and he's going to bless you. Give, and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. Jesus didn't say keep, and God will give to you. He didn't say, keep it in your bag, hoard it, keep it to yourself, close-fisted, give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. The, the picture here are, uh, in the Old Testament times, actually, uh, and, and the time of Jesus, so biblical times, uh, wealthy, wealthy landowners that often had people uh, you know, hired to actually bring in the harvest for their fields. And what they would say is this, uh, imagine for just a minute if you're working by the hour, you're getting paid by the hour, and you're out there in the hot sun, and you've got a basket, right, and, and uh, you know no matter what happens that day, you're going to get paid this amount, what are you going to do? I, I, I know what I would do, I'd take a basket, and I'd fill it maybe three quarters full so it's easier to drag it back to the area where they're, where they're harvesting it, where they're bringing it all together, maybe in the barn. But, but many wealthy landowners were generous following biblical principles, and what they'd actually say is this. You know what? Whatever is left in the field after the harvest, after it's all been harvested, then the poor people could come and they could take that that was left over. 
And so the picture here is fill the basket. What I would do is, if, if I knew this was left up to me and my family, how much I was going to have when it was over, I would fill that basket up to the very top. So as I'm dragging it, there'd be some falling out, falling out. Over. I'd have it cresting over the top of the basket. So while I'm trying to get it to the barn, it'd be shaking, it'd be falling all over, knowing, hey, my family's going to benefit from this. This is the picture that, that in the biblical culture, everyone saw this happening on a regular basis. And Jesus picks up on it and he goes, this is how it's supposed to be for every one of my followers. That they're generous, and when they're generous, God, when they give, it'll be given back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be poured in your lap? It's going to be overflowing, not when we keep, but when we're generous towards others. Think about it for a minute. When Jesus fed the 5,000, and again, we talked about it in, in biblical times, they only numbered the men. There could have been, with women and children, 10,000, 15,000 people there. And, and Jesus, there's, there's 5,000, the number of men. And, and, and Jesus says, bring to me what you have. And they have a couple of loaves and fishes. And he blesses it, he blesses it, and he gives it to the disciples. And they distribute through the crowd, and over 5,000 are fed. And the Bible says they bring it back, and you know what? There are 12 baskets left. 12 baskets left. I think it's, uh, as Jesus multiplied that food, and there's 12 baskets left over. Uh, Matthew chapter 14 tells us that story. I, I think it's pretty insightful, isn't it? Jesus had 12 disciples. And, and I just think Jesus gives each one of those disciples a whole basket of food. They had nothing to begin with, just, just a f couple loaves and fishes, really, that were brought to him, a boy brought, but he was willing to give everything that he had. Jesus multiplied it, and now there's 12 baskets left over. And Jesus just goes to his boys, to his posse, and he's like, one for you, one for you, one for you. And Judas, even though you got a bag mindset, one for you. I'm trying to teach you something different. Jesus is trying to show his disciples, show his followers more than enough when you're generous with what I put in your hands. A basket mindset. You know, I, I, I think, I'm sure God doesn't want us to have a, a bag mindset. I, I think for many of us, we need to have a basket mindset, but there's a, there's a third mindset about generosity and you know I shared earlier on this series my word for this year is elevate and I just want to elevate and give you an opportunity to elevate even your generosity in 2019 maybe to a place it's never been before and so let's look at this third mindset it's not the bag it's not the basket it's the barn the barn the barn mindset is there is way more than enough I've got way more than enough. That's the barn mindset. And when we come to that place where we realize, you know what, I have enough. Where is enough? In, in your life, in your personal finances, as a family, when is it enough? Is there an enough level? Where's that line of, that's enough. That's enough. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, talks about enough, more than enough. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your money. Honor God with your money. 
with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Put God first in your finances. God wants to be first in our lives, and he wants to be first in our finances. This is what the Bible word is called tithe, T-I-T-H-E. Tithe is a mathematical word. It actually means 10%, but it means more than that, biblically. It doesn't mean 10%. It means the first 10% of anything. The first 10% of anything. In other words, it's not 10% left over at the end. It's 10% off the top. That's what the word tithe literally means. Here in Proverbs it says, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits. That's, the, that's referring to the tithe. The first, not the last. It's not, it's not just the amount or percentage. It's the first of all the amount. With the first fruit of your crops. And then look at what, Jesus, what the Bible says. Rather, Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. That's a barn mindset. I'm going to put God first in my finances. I'm going to honor God with my wealth. Now here's the thing. I'm just, I want to coach you up. You don't have to do this. <laughs> you don't have to do it. God is not going to force anyone to, to put him first in their finances. But could I just say this? Why wouldn't you? How's it working out for you not doing that? The choice is up to you though. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to, you know, condemn you or anything. And God doesn't either. But God wants you and I to put him first in our finances, a basket, more than even a basket, certainly not a bag, but a barn mindset. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. This whole idea of the tithe is not only in the Old Testament, it's also in the New Testament. Jesus spoke about it in Matthew chapter 23. The book of Hebrews talks about it as Abraham tithed to Melchizedek before uh, this was ever in the law of Israel. Predates the law, has nothing to do with it. And, and so it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. And, and, and look at what in Exodus chapter 13 is God's trying to teach his people about putting him first in their possessions. Exodus chapter 13, verse two, the Bible says, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. He's talking about the firstborn child. The first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. He goes, I wanna be first. Put me first in your family. Dedicate your firstborn child to me. Dedicate the firstborn of your livestock back to me and watch as I bless everything else. The first, this whole idea of first, not just a percentage, but the first of the whole. So clear in scripture. And so when you, when you have a, a, a sheep uh, that, that gives birth and has a number of lambs, he goes, give me the first one. In this instance, it was to be sacrificed to him, to be sacrificed to him. Not wait until you have 10 and, and then give one. If you only have three, you give the first. If you only have one, if your first lamb that you ever have, give the first. If you have 10, give the firstborn. And so it's not wait until you have more, watch this now, to put me first. God says, put me first and watch as you'll have more than enough when you put me first. In fact, it's really interesting, the same passage of Scripture just dropped down a little bit. Verse 13, Exodus 13, 13 says, Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. 
what in the world? What is God talking about here? Here's the idea. In the Old Testament, God was really clear. There were certain animals that he said were clean animals and certain animals that were unclean. That, that, uh, uh, and certain uses for each of these. A lamb was a clean animal. A donkey was considered an unclean animal. If you had a donkey and you wanted to keep that donkey for use, say plowing a field or something like that, you had to make a sacrifice of a clean animal and that clean animal would actually cover or redeem the unclean. And so, if you had a donkey, you redeemed it with a lamb. A lamb was clean. And so you'd sacrifice the lamb to God, and then you could use the donkey to work for purposes. But if you did not sacrifice a clean animal for the unclean, he said, you can't even use it. If you don't put me first, you can't even use it. And so isn't it interesting that you redeem what? How do you redeem a donkey with a lamb? Jesus was referred to as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. He didn't wait till he had 10 to be generous with you and me. He sacrificed his lamb, the Lamb of God, to redeem all of us donkeys. And we know that, don't we? We're born in sin. Every one of us is born, natural, born, selfish sinners. That's why Jesus came. And, and even this whole picture of what we do with our finances shows, do I acknowledge God first and foremost, or do I just do my own thing? And he gets maybe some leftovers at the end of the month. Really powerful, the barn, there is way more than enough that God has given to me. See, tithing teaches us to trust God, not what's in the bag or what's in our bank account or, or what finances we can access. Tithing teaches us to trust God, to put him first. It, it takes faith to give first and to believe that God can do more by blessing the rest of the 90% than if we hold on to everything on our own. I think for many of us, it's time for us to move from a bag mindset, even a basket mindset, to a barn mindset. God, I want you involved in my finances. I believe you can do more with 90% than what I can do. Personally, my own ingenuity and intellect and ability I believe, God, you can do more with 90%, blessing 90%, than I can do with 100%. It's a step of faith. In fact, on this issue of tithing, it's the only subject, the only topic on tithing all throughout Scripture that God says, you can go ahead and test me in it. You can test me in this. You can test me and see if I won't keep my word to you. He says that in Malachi chapter 3. I, I encourage you to read a whole passage there. And, and he says, Test me in this and see if I will not, in terms of tithing, it says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Test me in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and bless you. That is the barn mindset. 
I have more than enough. Because it's such a, it's such a part of who we are, how we handle our finances, that we want to bless big in 2019. Look at what it says, <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verse 9 and 10. Uh, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops that we looked at. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Let me ask you a question. Are your barns filled with overflowing right now? It's time to change that bag mindset, basket mindset even, to a barn mindset. That it would be overflowing. Circling back around to where we started this message about Blessing big. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 26. All day long, this is the, the, un, the unrighteous person, craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. Doesn't keep to itself, but God, how can I be even more generous? I, I believe right now, some of us are even hearing this right now, God's moving on our hearts right now to begin to trust him in the tithe, putting God first in our finances. Because uh, the fact is we don't have a bag mindset. What we have is really, uh, many of us have a barrel mindset. We just want to fill it, fill it, fill it, and then put the lid on it and keep it to ourselves. It's not just a bag mindset. But the teachings of Scripture is we believe in a barn-blessing, big-hearted, open-handed, good and grace-filled God who says, test me in this. Test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. So I encourage you as we conclude this series, how we're moving from being selfish to selfless, not a bag, barrel, mindset, just for me and mine, not basket even, on rare occasions. But God, I'm going to put you first in my finances. Each month, each pay period, you're going to be first. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to give you that first 10% for your work, for your kingdom. Maybe you've heard this before. Sometimes it's kind of like a Christian slogan. And I think sometimes it's, it's used in the wrong way. But, but I think there's also some real truth to it. You can't outgive God. How many of you have ever heard that before? Can't outgive God. You know, that's, that's more than just a Christian slogan. There's some real truth to it. L- look at what the Bible tells us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it's speaking of God. And it says, God, that's He. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? See, God is a generous God. He didn't say, I'm keeping my son to myself. He saw the need. He was moved with generosity. He said, I'm going to give my only son. That's his nature. Love always gives. That's who he is. He did not spare his own son, but he saw you and me lost in our sins, and he gave 
his firstborn son. He gave his first. And it says, how will he not also, along with him, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things, everything that you and I need, that, that we can actually look back, if we really take a picture, and you're like, you know what? Ten years ago, I thought, oh man, if only I had this house, if only I had this, this, and now we have everything that we wanted ten years ago, and we just moved the line to want more, to just wanting more. But what if we make that shift in this new year of 2019? Say, you know what? I don't need more. I have more than enough right here where I am, right now. And God, I'm going to put you first. I'm inviting you into my finances. You know, you, you, you keep the all of creation working and humming. I can trust you with my personal paycheck, the one who keeps all of creation working right and proper. God, I'm inviting you in. I'm going to put you first. I don't want to have a bag mindset in 2019. I don't want to have a basket mindset. I want to elevate my thinking and my giving to reflect what you say in your word. And God, I want to be truly someone who says, I have more than enough, a barn mindset. I want to grow and become even more generous, put you first in my finances this year. Don't hold back. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that challenges us, challenges us to trust you, not just trust you with our children, not just trust you with our health, not just to trust you, Lord, with our, with our jobs, not just to trust you with our future, but also to trust you with our finances, to put you first. And Father, I just pray as this series is concluding, this selfless series, that 2019 we would elevate you in everything that we do, that we would grow bold, we would serve strong, we would give glory, we would value life, and Lord, we would even bless big. Lord, that we would trade in a, a bag mindset. There's never enough. Even a, a basket mindset that says, well, it's just enough. That, Lord, we'd make that mental shift to have a barn mindset. There's way more than enough that you've blessed us with. You didn't even spare your son. You gave us the best you had. Lord, help us to grow in our faith to put you first in our finances in this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give an opportunity to anyone and everyone who's here. If you've never received that gift of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's why God gave his best. The Bible says that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's why God gave the very best that he had for you and me because he loved you so much. That's why he was so generous by giving his son Jesus to live a sinless life, 
to lay that life down as a sacrifice on the cross for you and for me, to pay the price for our personal sins and to rise from the dead. And if you've never done it before, I just want to lead you in a prayer right now and I just invite you to open your heart up to Jesus Christ right now and receive him as your savior. God gave Jesus for you. Receive the gift of forgiveness that Jesus purchased for you through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Just repeat this prayer after me right now. Open your heart to him and say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them now, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. God, thank you for sending Jesus for me. And Jesus, I ask you now to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen.